Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited today to be joined by Hannah Wing, digital and in-game host and social media coordinator for the Texas Rangers. Hannah shares the key to a successful interview, how an improv class made her a better reporter, and the importance of putting aside your ego. She also talks about getting comfortable in the uncomfortable, proving your worth, and much, much more. This is a very fun and inspiring episode, so subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy. Hannah, I am so excited to have you on Get My Job. You guys, Hannah was or is one of our former fangirls. She was our Celtics fangirl for a while, and she and I are very good friends. And this is just a very exciting day for me to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. I'm super excited. I am excited too. And as you are well aware, I'm so proud of you and everything you have accomplished thus far. So I want to dive in and let's talk about it. So Hannah, if you could start by taking us through your professional journey to this point. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the kind words. It actually started, gosh, I feel like I've always wanted to work in sports, but I grew up in Orange County and went to the University of Southern California, where I studied broadcast and digital journalism. So I was very involved with student-run news shows and sports shows, and honestly just took as many on-air classes as I could to get reps in. So since USC was in the heart of LA, I was fortunate enough to have some amazing internships at ESPN, Fox Sports, and like you just mentioned, I was also the Celtics fangirl. And the second semester of my senior year, I interned at Fox Sports West. So I really fell in love with digital media and was very inspired to do what I do today. So I was able to shadow their digital reporters, Carlin Baith and Taylor Felix, who is also the Rams fangirl. And I love their style of reporting and how it allowed them to have so much fun and really showcase their personalities and it was just so different from the pop, the proper news training that I was getting while I was at USC. So throughout my senior year, like many people out there, I was mentally preparing to move anywhere in the country, do local news. But after digital reporting, it opened up a whole new world for me. So I graduated from USC without a job and moved right back in with my parents. And I love them dearly, but that was definitely not ideal. <laughs> shortly after graduation, I started applying for news and sports jobs all over the country. So I remember even making a spreadsheet with all 50 states on it in the job application links to where I applied the whole thing. So during this time, I was about to go visit some of my best friends from college in Texas and ended up booking a one-way flight to Dallas and ended up coming home with the job. So while I was in Texas, I reached out to some people, showed them my reel. I shot out the ballpark entertainment team for the Astros. And luckily, my friend's parents knew some people at the Rangers and Cowboys. So I was able to get my foot in the door there and set up some meetings while I was in town to make some connections in the industry and get my name out there in case anyone was hiring. So I ended up meeting with someone from the Rangers, introduced myself and went and prepared with the pitch because obviously I needed a job and I wanted to capitalize on the opportunity that I had. So I made sure to talk about other digital hosts like Carlin and Taylor, gave content examples and created ideas, and really just shared my skill sets I wanted to do so badly. And the Rangers were also tears out from opening up a brand new ballpark, Globe Life Field, my current office. And so I just thought that the opportunities were endless. So I told the person that I met with that day to give me a shot for one year. 
And if it didn't work out, they could get rid of me. And here <laughs> I am three years later, still going strong with the Texas Rangers. So I was actually supposed to have a meeting with the Cowboys a few days later. We had to tell them that I got a job with the team down the street, but would love to keep in touch. So they're also a wonderful organization with many great people. And I think it's safe to say that my path has definitely been different than most, but I'm so grateful things worked out the way that they did. That is fantastic. I'd like to go back a minute to your map of the country and all the various positions that are open, because I think that's just kind of an important thing for our listeners to remember, like no matter where you are, you've got to be open as open as you can be, you know, to opportunities that come your way. And for you to be that organized and to be that open, I, I think are both great qualities. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm also a very list driven person. I get that from my mom. Uh, (laughs) She's very type A and just likes to keep things very organized. So I was like, hey, while I'm applying to all these different jobs, I might as well keep track of them. That's fantastic. And I also love that you said to the person you met with, give me a year. And if it doesn't work, you could get rid of me. And, And I think that shows a really strong level of confidence and betting on yourself. And in today's world, I think that's also really important. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. And that's always a piece of advice that I share with people. It's just never be afraid to prove your worth and just tell people, hey, give me a shot. And if it doesn't work out, I'll figure something else up. But all you can do is try. 100%. And I like the idea of never be afraid to prove your worth. So now you're three years in with the Rangers, obviously right now, right in the middle of baseball season. Um, Talk a little bit about your responsibilities. I know you do digital. You're the in-game host. You're social media coordinator. So you are wearing a number of hats. So this is a multi-part question. One, if you could share your responsibilities with us. Two, how you keep organized, though I imagine it probably is somewhat list-driven, as you just said. (laughs) And kind of how do you balance between all three and find the right way to prioritize as you need to? Yeah, of course. That's a great question. So I'll kind of answer in reverse order. So I basically just keep everything organized by managing my time well. You know, I basically live off of my Outlook calendar for personal events, work events, meetings, games, all that good stuff. And I have so many lists, Tracy, I can't even tell you. (laughs) I have my to-do list daily for work. I have a weekly to-do list. And then I have a home to-do list. So just lots of lists in lots of different places. Um, but as far as my roles go, that's a really great question, something that I get a lot. So I like to call myself a Swiss Army knife because I get to do so <laughs> many different things in a given day and no two days are alike. So first off, like I mentioned, I'm our digital host. So I'm on our talent for a variety of segments that are posted on Ranger social media. So for example, we have a monthly video on our IGTV called SUP. And that's a monthly recap of what happened on and off the field each month. We have Rangers Roundup that goes out prior to each homestand, which highlights the matchups and the giveaways. And then we also have Around the Globe, which is a topical episode that's themed around different things happening in the ballpark. So it really showcases our beautiful new home Globe Life field to people that are coming to visit. And then speaking of the ballpark, I'm also the Rangers in-game host, like you mentioned. So I host every single home game, and it is a long season. But I get to meet our wonderful fans, which is so much fun, and host a variety of hits all around the ballpark to highlight what fans can't miss while they're there. And this was actually something I've been wanting to do for a really, really long time. So I'm super excited that it finally worked out this season. Thank goodness. Um, I'm also a social media coordinator. So I help with all things content creation, posting, and I also cover the games to help run the Rangers social media channels. And then some games I'll host pregame, in-game, and then go up to the press box and cover that night's game for Ranger Social. 
And I also oversee all of the Rangers influencer marketing efforts. So we always want to cater to our future fan. So this is the perfect way to reach people that might not be getting the average Rangers advertising content. Mm -hmm. And so I seek out the influencers. I plan the campaigns, work through ticketing logistics, and have our partners come out to games to share their experience through their social channels. And I've had so much fun with this. I've met so many wonderful people. And the influencer world is really changing every day. And also under this influencer marketing umbrella, I get to help with any big name celebrity talent that comes to games. So... For example, when Dak Prescott came to a few games this season, I was the main point contact of the person for him to reach when he was at the game. So that was super fun having him come to the game, posting on social media, getting him some Ranger swag. So I really enjoy that component as well. And then this past year, I started the first ever Rangers College Brand Ambassador Program. And I think it's actually the first in all of Major League Baseball. And I'm really, really proud of it. I just felt so badly for all of these college students that wanted to get their feet in the door and start with sports. But with COVID, there unfortunately weren't opportunities for them to do so. So we've come out, we've had them come out to Rangers games, post on social media. They take monthly surveys so we can better market to their demographic. And then also I think this part's super cool is they get to join monthly professional development calls with executives in our front office to network directly with them, to learn from them, learn about their roles. And really it's a great way for us to learn about their demographic, but also they get their foot in the door with an MLB team to learn directly from them, come to the games. And we have 12 brand ambassadors this season. So it's been really exciting to kind of watch it form from the initial idea I had back in December until now. And then finally, I'm also overseeing our first official Rangers podcast called the Straight Up Texas podcast. <laughs> so I helped get it off the ground, do the talent booking and correspondence with the hosts, as well as marketing the podcast and getting it up on streaming platforms. So overall, you could say that my plate is pretty full, but I love being busy. Yeah, I mean, you would you would definitely have to love being busy. Uh, and you talked about time management, and you've talked about your list. How do you, on a daily basis, kind of look through your day and say, all right, today I need to focus on X, tomorrow Y will be a bigger priority. How do you do that? And do you ever have days where you're feeling overwhelmed? And how do you counteract that? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I feel like I get overwhelmed a lot. I'm someone that struggled with anxiety for a lot of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of ways of not feeling overwhelmed is just making a list and just really figuring out what your priorities are, when your deadlines are. I try to backtrack as much as I can and get ahead of things as much as I can so I don't feel Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. Um, But definitely, I think making lists helps with that. And overall, just managing your time well and blocking out time for meetings and blocking out work blocks and all that good stuff just to make sure that you're staying on top of things and not falling behind. I think that's really smart. So you said you've struggled with anxiety, and that's obviously something so many of us struggle with at certain times in our lives. Do you have any kind of tips or practices that help you through that that might be helpful for some of our listeners who are jumping into these kinds of positions where they're going to have as many things to do as you do in a day? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I talk about this a lot, but just making a list. And I think I make the list so I can check things off of it or highlight it. I just feel like whenever I accomplish something, it helps so much to just make a mental note of, okay, this is off my plate on to the next thing. So I think really staying organized has helped a lot with that. To be very honest, I wasn't always the neatest and most organized person, but living alone in Dallas the first two years I was here really taught me how important it is to have a clean and organized space and a checklist and a to-do list and just really making sure that I stay on top of things as best I can. 
That is that is fantastic. And I think it's great. And we've had guests talk about this before. You know, anxiety is something so many of us struggle with that we're seeing it on social media all the time, which, of course, could be adding to the anxiety. But nonetheless, it's something that so many of us struggle with. So it, I think it's always really appreciated when we're open about it and we talk about it because I think it it just makes us feel like we're not so alone in those moments. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think too, now there's so many wonderful resources on, I mean, TikTok of all places and Instagram and just kind of finding those mental well-being channels that give you great ideas of self-care and how to prioritize yourself. I think all of those are very helpful as well. So at this point in your career, and I know in so many ways you're just getting started, what has been your biggest surprise? That's a great question. Um, I would say the biggest surprise so far has been how small the sports world is. And Mm -hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but there are so many teams, leagues, networks, and more. And somehow everybody just seems to know each other. So I think one of the most important things I've learned is that it's so important to not burn bridges in this industry because you never know who will be interviewing you for a job one day. That is 100% correct. And it goes back to something that we've talked about on this podcast before and that we hear a lot, but it is so true. You know, be nice to everybody, treat everybody with respect. Uh, You can't control other people, but you can control your behavior. And that's what you really have to focus on is behaving and in, um, Conducting is the word I was looking for. (laughs) Conducting yourself in a way that you are comfortable with and that makes you proud because you're right. You just, you do never know and and you don't want to burn bridges. And beyond that, it's just really much easier to just be nice to people. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Takes a lot less energy than not being nice to people and being (laughs) kind and thoughtful. Yeah, Yeah, it just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, So you've been fortunate to do some very cool videos with the Rangers um, and also very fortunate to be there for the opening of Globe Life, which has a special place in my heart because it's where the Dodgers won the World Series. Uh, And I want to know, what is the most unique video that you have hosted to date? Oh my gosh, well, I'm so glad you asked. So back when I first started with the Rangers in 2018, it was around the same time that Texas Live was opening. And for those of you that don't know what Texas Live is, it's our version of the Battery in Atlanta or Ballpark Village. So it's basically a massive entertainment district right next to the ballpark. So it has restaurants, bars, TVs, games, lots to do. So one of the restaurants there is Guy Fieri's Taco Joint. And for those of you that follow me, know that I love Guy Fieri. So we started doing a segment. It was Gosh, it was one of the first things I probably ever hosted called Foodie Friday. So every Friday we would post and highlight a different restaurant in Texas Live, show the food on the menu, and just really show people what it actually is. And so when it was time for Guy's Restaurant, I went to my team and I suggested that I really go for it, dress up like Guy, and just fully commit to this idea. And that's exactly what they did, and my team loved it. So before I knew it, I was purchasing a wig with frosted tips. I bought the (laughs) bowling shirt, the whole thing, and just really went for it. Love it. So even shot the intro and outro on a red golf cart similar to the car that he has on the show. So overall, it was definitely a unique piece of content, but it will forever be on my reel because it's something that people don't expect to see. That is that is fantastic. Uh, and you bring up a really good point. So you guys did Foodie Friday. Can you take us through a little bit of your creative process when you are trying to come up with new and innovative content? Do you have a process that you go through to do that? Yeah, that's a great idea. It really depends on what we're trying to accomplish. So for example, Foodie Friday was something that we had never done before. And a lot of things that I get to do for the Rangers 
are brand new things that no one's done before because I'm the first digital host that the team has had. So a lot of times I'll come in with an idea pitch. We'll all have a big meeting, talk about it, um, really flesh out different segment ideas or video series or what we really want it to be. And a lot of it's just brainstorming. I mean, we're a very collaborative marketing team. Mm -hmm. um, And a lot of it's just sitting around a big table, talking through ideas, talking through scripts and shooting and visual elements and graphics and all of that. So it pretty much just starts with an idea. And then I take it to my team and we all collaborate to make it happen. So collaboration is obviously a very important part of digital content, of any content. Can you talk about how you are able to navigate that in a team? Because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes one person wants the credit or if someone throws out an idea that they think is amazing and maybe not everybody thinks it's amazing, that's a a tough thing to balance. So can you just talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just putting your ego aside and just knowing that we all have a common goal of working for a team. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, we might not always be the best team in baseball, but we sure have a lot of fun. So I think at the end of the day, it's putting your ego aside and thinking about what's best for the team, what's best for the organization, how do we want to represent the organization, and just thinking of people's ideas, but also being honest. So if you really like something, tell them. If you don't, don't say anything. So I just think that at the end of the day, you have to be very honest. Mm -hmm. I think when I first started in the industry, I was just so excited to be there and was poly positive all the time. And (laughs) all I could do is just say wonderful things. And I'm still very grateful, but I've also come down to reality where if I pitch an idea and it's not received well, I don't take it personally. So I think a lot of it's just not thinking about it personally and just thinking more holistically of what's best for the team. You bring up another really great point Uh, for someone who does grow up wanting to work in the sports world, get their first, you know, major opportunity in that world. And there is of course a feeling of like, Oh my gosh, I'm just so happy to be here. But I think very quickly you have to change that mindset to, yes, I'm happy to be here, but I'm here to do a job and here to do well and make a name for myself, et cetera. And how long did it kind of take you, as you said, to kind of come back down to reality? Yeah, I think it honestly took about a year and a half, two years. I Mm -hmm. think I was just on this high for so long and I still am. I love what I do and I love the Rangers. But I think one day it just kind of hit me. Wow, like this is my job. Like I love what mm-hmm. I do. I have so much fun. It genuinely doesn't feel like work. But I also realize that this is still a job and the things that come with it are like anyone else's job that would be in a normal industry. So that's a really good question. I think it probably took about a year and a half to two years just to realize, okay, here are the circumstances. I'm very blessed and I'm very grateful, but I have a job to do and have to hold my own. And that is a really interesting point. People say to me a lot, they're like, oh, you're so lucky. You just get to watch football on Sunday. And they are right. I am very lucky that I get to watch football on Sunday, but it is work and it is a job. And this has come up on this podcast before where people will be like, so can you grab a drink after the game? Like, no, I cannot. Because when the game ends, it's like, I have, I have a job to do. Um, And that happened after the Super Bowl because I think many of you know, I grew up a 49ers fan, which is how Fangirl Sports Network was originally born. But I remember someone said to my dad, I believe after the Super Bowl, texted him and said, oh my gosh, do you think Tracy's okay? And my dad was like, Tracy's fine. She's got a job to do. She has a locker room to get to. She's got interviews to do and she's got a a story to write. And that's the priority now. And I think that's the thing that is cool. And I know I felt that way. Like when I first started covering the 49ers, I was like, oh my gosh, somewhere my 11 year old self is passing out, but my adult self has work to do and has to approach it like work. Yeah, definitely. And I think something that 
I guess I didn't really realize I was doing it and thinking everything was perfect all the time. But my boss actually was one that challenged me. He's like, I want to hear your opinions because for so long I was just, again, so happy to be there and didn't want to upset anybody or offend anybody. And I would just was always like, yeah, this is great. This is great because I genuinely was just so happy to be there and so excited to be a part of these projects. But he's like, I want you to share your opinions and speak up and share your ideas. And so once he kind of said that, it really flipped a switch in my mind. And now I love sharing my ideas and my opinions and being very confident behind those. Because before, again, like I said, I was just like off in this little Hannah land where everything was perfect mm-hmm. all the time. And I'm glad that I'm still so grateful to do what I do. And I love it and want to work in sports forever. But I also have come back to reality to realize, okay, not everything's perfect and that's okay. So you might have just touched on this with what you just said previously, but at this point, your career, early on in your career, did you receive a criticism, and I ask all of our guests this, a criticism that was somewhat difficult to take at the time, but has really helped you as you've grown? Definitely. I would say, gosh, there have been so many, but I would say to just shut up and listen. So Mm -hmm. in interviews, being a good listener is so important, especially when you get a great answer to build off of. And if you weren't listening, you probably wouldn't have heard it. So Mm -hmm. as you can probably guess by now, I'm super talkative and don't really have an off button. So this was definitely a hard pill for me to swallow, but it's helped me so much in my career and in life. So it's also one of those things too, where you think about it. And a lot of times interviews that you're doing are repurposed. So for local news or for social media. So being a good listener is so important too. And just learning to shut up because you never know what's going to be clipped off for a soundbite or things like that. And I can guarantee you that the local news station that's going to use your interview that night doesn't want to hear you talking in the background. That is 100% true. And, you know, we talked ahead of time a, a little bit about some of the questions I would be asking. I always like to give the, de- the guests a little bit of preparation. But oftentimes in these interviews, we don't even get to most of them because the guests will say something. You've been saying a number of things that I followed up on. And for those of you who want to work in the world of interviews, it is the most important advice. Listen, listen, listen. Don't just hear, but listen. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, there were so many times in college, I'd go back and watch my footage, and they would want to repurpose an interview for the student run nightly news show. And I'm just talking right through it. And they're like, you can't do that. So I would say just shutting up and listening was probably the criticism that no one really wants to hear, but it ended up helping me so much later on down the line. And uh, criticism I had actually received somewhat early on in doing this that goes along with this, and it was something I hadn't really thought about, so I think it could be helpful to our listeners, is I was on a panel uh, on TYT Sports, and I was having a conversation with somebody about sports, and when they were talking, kind of my natural inclination is to say, "Mm mm-hmm, yes, mm mm-hmm. Like, you want someone to know you're listening and paying attention. Exactly. And to validate them and the producer of the show called me and was like, you know, we'd love having you on and we're going to have you on. I'd like to actually see if you're available next week, but I have to give you this kind of constructive criticism in normal conversation. You do that. You can't do that on camera. And it was really great advice and it sticks with me and I pay close attention to it because it is really important. Exactly. And it's one of those things that you don't think about while you're doing it. And then you go back and watch it later or someone says something and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. So once you hear something like that, it really sticks with you. I think in that case, the comments on YouTube was the girl keeps saying, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of those yeah. great people the on girl, social media are definitely your harshest critics. That's for sure. The girl keeps doing it. Um, going back or I guess actually changing 
subjects a little bit. Have you had a mentor in your career? Yes, that's a great question. So I truly think that having a mentor is so important. So I'm very fortunate to have Emily Jones McCoy, the Rangers field reporter, as one of my mentors. And she's so supportive, wants me to succeed. And I really just appreciate her feedback because I think that how she does her job is so amazing. And I think it's really important to find a mentor that wants to give you feedback and help you grow because at the end of the day, that's the best way to learn. And similar to that, but a little bit different, I also started working with a talent coach recently, and she has been a game changer. So my advice to so many people now is if you want to be on camera, definitely start working with a talent coach to help with things like your presence, delivery, script writing, and whatever else you really need to be the best version of yourself on camera. Oh, that's fantastic advice. That's awesome. And that may be something that a lot of our listeners didn't even know existed. So thank you for bringing that up. I think yeah, that's fantastic. I honestly didn't know about her until this year when someone brought it to my attention. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I started working with you before I even started working with the Rangers. I mean, she has helped me so much in just a couple of months. So I definitely recommend it to anyone out there that wants to be on camera in some way, shape or form. So as you see other young women coming up in the industry and, and getting their first jobs, Is there a misstep that you're seeing women making that you would love to see corrected? That's a really great question. Um, I would probably say trying to achieve perfection. I -hmm. think especially with the added pressures of social media and the criticism that comes with it, like we just talked about, we're so hard on ourselves as it is. And being perfect is impossible. And I think it's one of those things, too, where there are so many talented women in our industry and people (laughs) try to directly copy the way they are on camera or how they look or how they dress So I think it's great to get inspiration from those you admire in the industry. But at the end of the day, you need to stay true to who you are and build up your personal brand that's authentic to yourself and not what you feel like you should be doing. It's a little bit along the same lines, but if you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in your field, what would it be? That's another great question, Tracy. I would say to take an improv class. Yeah, this was something I did gosh, two years ago, but I wish I did it sooner or even at USC because I know a lot of colleges offer improv classes in the theater and the arts. So it helped me so much with thinking on my feet and being comfortable not knowing what's coming next. And some of the exercises do seem pretty silly, but I've seen a really big difference in my on-camera delivery and just comfort of not knowing what's coming next because I took that course. That is awesome. I would definitely go see you do improv. That it was a lot of fun. fun. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Someone at the Ranger suggested it to me and they're like, hey, Dallas Comedy Club is hosting an improv class. I know someone that's on camera. She did it once, said it was super helpful. So I gave it a shot and it truly helped me so much, especially now that I'm doing things live and pregame hosting and all that fun stuff. It's really helpful because it's good not knowing what's coming next, but feeling comfortable in the uncomfortableness of that. I like that. Comfortable and the uncomfortableness. So we talked earlier about balancing your day from a work perspective. Yes. Obviously, from a personal perspective, and this, I know, I feel like I sound like a broken record today, but this also comes up on the podcast a lot. You're never going to achieve balance in all aspects of your life on a daily basis. But how do you make sure that you are taking a little bit of time for Hannah? And being able to step away, baseball is a long season. You have a lot of responsibilities. So how do you make sure that you don't get yourself kind of overworked and and burnt out? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, like I mentioned earlier, I live by my Outlook calendar. That's where I put in all of my trips, all of my appointments, everything like that. So I always go through and I look at my week and I say, okay, am I traveling? Do I have games? 
when can I take time for myself and do my errands and do laundry, do some self-care, do a face mask and making sure that I put that time in for myself. So recently I've been making it a goal to stay at home at least one night a week when the team's on the road, just to make sure that I feel grounded. I get a good night's sleep and just make sure that I'm taking care of myself. What are your favorite forms of self-care other than staying home that one night a week? Or do you have rituals? Is it like, okay, I'm staying home, bachelor at night. And like you mentioned, doing a face mask or I'm going to bake or I'm going to make sure I get to a Pilates class. Yeah, it depends on the week and obviously the ranger schedule as well. But I don't have a set day of the week. Um, I try to make it, if possible, a Wednesday or a Thursday in case I'm traveling that weekend so I can, you know, do a face mask, wash my hair, get a blowout, whatever I feel like I need to do that week. So I don't really have anything that's really set in stone, but I just think earlier in that week, what do I need to be the best version of myself and what can I do to feel my best? How have you seen opportunities change and grow for women in the last several years and how do you think we can still improve? Wow, that's a really great question. So I think it's really exciting to see how much has changed from broadcasters to front office roles. For example, when the Orioles play the Rays tonight, it'll be the first all-female honor crew. So Melanie mm-hmm. Newman's doing play-by-play, Sarah Lang's doing analysis, Alana Rizzo, who I know has been on this podcast, yes. and sideline. They're all just so wonderful. And I think it's great that things like that are happening. And I think that things are heading in the right direction. But I also hope that an all-women team like the one tonight isn't always such a big deal, but more of the new normal. Yes, 100%. I could not agree with that more that I'm hoping in the next few years, it's just kind of what happens. And exactly. It isn't, isn't as big a deal. So with all of your various responsibilities, I always like to do a day in the life with our guests. And I imagine a day in the life of Hannah Wing. Well, I, I happen to know for a fact that a day in the life of <laughs> Hannah Wing is very busy and has a lot of things going on. And as you said earlier, no two days are the same. So I would love if you're okay doing two, I'd love the day in the life, just kind of a a non-game day uh, and then a game day. Yeah, let's do it. So let's do a 7.05 game day. So I spend the morning getting ready. Again, very type A. So I set out my outfit for the game that I'm hosting that night, get ready I'm a female, so I pack up all my hair and makeup stuff, then I make breakfast, and then I head to the ballpark and get in around 10 or 11. So once I get in, go to my desk, I'll answer emails, go to meetings, prepare my in-game scripts for that night's game, and I'll do all of this up until about 3, 3.30. Then I'll go finish my hair and makeup and change for the game. Um, I'm always in the women's restroom just doing full glam and people are walking in and out. Like, oh, hey, there you are again. (laughs) It's just a really funny thing that I do, I guess. But you have to always stay on camera ready. And then sometimes after that, I'll head to the field for batting practice now that we have player access again. Thank goodness. Um, And then two hours before the game, we have our production meeting with the ballpark entertainment crew. And they are wonderful and so much fun to work with. And my first hit is usually around 40 minutes prior to each game. So I'll head down before then, practice my hits, and I'll usually have between three to five pregame and then some in-game as well. So it's a very busy day, but I think I have the coolest office ever being at Globe Life Field, such a beautiful new stadium. And again, every day is different, but I have so much fun and love representing this organization. And on a non-game Actually, before day, before you go to a non-game yeah. day, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, but I good. just want to point this out to our listeners that for a 7.05 game, you get to the ballpark at 10 or 11. Yeah. And I just want to point out that 
this is an incredible industry and we are so lucky to work in it. But it's, as we said earlier, it's work. That's a 12, 13, 14 hour day for you. And I just think that's something important for our listeners to really hear, understand, grasp, et cetera. Absolutely. I mean, recently we just had a 10 game homestand with no off days. So those were 10 games in a row that I was hosting. I would work the games for social media and it is a grind and you have to make so many sacrifices to be in this industry. But to me, it's so worth it. So non-game day, I'm not really a morning person. So I usually go to the office around nine. So I get up around 730, get ready, make breakfast, go to the office. Gosh, some days I'm at my desk all day long meetings and emails and planning campaigns and tracking influencer content and recording a podcast or whatever that may be. Um, I'm typically in the office around nine to five. Mm -hmm. And then for example, on a game day like today, I'll work a regular day nine to five and then cover the game for social media. So tonight's a six ten first pitch. So some days it's a full office day, like regular hours, nine to five. Sometimes it's nine to five plus an away game that night, just depending on kind of where the chips fall. Um, But sometimes after work when the team's on the road, I love to go take a Pilates class or catch up with friends. Tracy, as you know, I love to explore Dallas and try out new restaurants. So those are the days when I really try to make that time for myself and do errands and just make sure that, as I always say, getting my life together, just to make sure that everything on my lists are checked off. Which is important. And I think lists, I think, are very much the theme of this particular podcast. And and it's awesome. But lists really are. And I get that. That feeling of accomplishment when you check something off is just fantastic. It just helps so much, especially, you know, as an anxious person, just knowing that, okay, here's what I have to do. There's nothing on this list that I'm missing. I'll double, triple check it sometimes just to make sure that I know what I'm going to be accomplishing in that day. And it just is so satisfying to check it off. Really could not agree more with that. <laughs> it really is. It is satisfying, and especially for someone who has so much going on and, and wearing a number of different hats. And knowing you as I do, I know that you do want to do everything to the best of your ability, not do everything perfect, because what you said earlier is 100% true. Trying to achieve perfection, it's like a fool's errand, mm-hmm. but doing everything to the best of your ability, that's a whole different thing. Yes, definitely. I completely agree with you. I also want to go back a minute for our listeners and just let you know, we're recording this Tuesday, the night of the Rays-Orioles game. You're going to hear it Thursday. So I just don't want anybody to turn the game on tonight and be like, wait, what are they talking about? So this was a, if you're listening on Thursday, we recorded a couple days ago. Um, So I just wanted to make sure our audience do that. Uh, Hannah, this has been so much fun, uh, but I can't let you go yet because as much fun as we have had, we have to do fun facts. Oh my gosh, these are my favorite. I love five fun facts. Five Fun Facts is just, I think everybody who listens to this podcast knows, just my favorite things in the world. I love fun facts. So without further ado, it is Five Fun Facts with Hannah Wing. All right, Hannah, what is your favorite moment in sports? I would have to say, with full confidence, the 2017 Rose Bowl when USC beat Penn State by a field goal. I was fortunate enough to be there with my family. And let's just say that my grandkids will hear about that game. Fantastic. What is your life motto? I have two. I couldn't pick just one. So that's okay. The first one is something that my dad has said throughout my entire life. My dad's my superhero and I look up to him so much. And he always says, just trust your gut because it will never steer you wrong. Mm -hmm. And my second life motto is just wing it. I know it's such a shocker, but it's easy. Like we talked about to try and have everything planned out perfectly all the time. But sometimes you just have to wing it and see what happens. 
Also, just want to throw this out here. One day when you write your autobiography, I think it could be called Just Wing It, as your last name is Hannah Wing. Yes. Or your full name is Hannah. So Just Wing It. Just throwing it out as an option. Love that. Is the name of your autobiography. Perfect. It's a done deal. All right. Fantastic. I don't even need royalties. Just enjoy it. And I can't wait to read it. Love it. Uh, What is your go-to workout? Pilates. So I've been going to Beyond Pilates in Dallas ever since I moved here. It's an incredible workout. I have a dance background, so the movements and everything is very comfortable for my body. And I just really enjoy the work on the reformer. Go-to coffee order. Vanilla cold brew from Starbucks. And a book every woman should read. Coach Wooden's Pyramid of Success because it gives you the building blocks you need to be the best version of yourself. And although I went to USC, I do love John Wooden. You know what? That shows what kind of a person you are, that that is awesome, that you can still love John Wooden even having gone to (laughs) USC. But that is a fantastic book suggestion. And I think a real theme of this pod, besides lists, uh, lists, of course, is the being the best version of yourself. It's come up a few times, and I think it's such important I don't know if advice is the right word, but maybe advice, inspiration, but just ways to live by. Because as you said earlier, you can draw inspiration, but you've got to be true to you and be the best version of who you can be. Yes, absolutely. Well, Hannah, this was so fun. I loved having you on. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. I really enjoyed myself and hope that all of our listeners could learn something about the industry um, and also go home and make a list, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Everybody make a list and put this podcast at the top of your list. And if you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. I'll talk to everyone next week. Bye, all Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.